Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Sababa by Adina Sussman. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you? I did some yoga this morning. I'm awesome. I know. I was there. Yeah, you were here right next to me. I finally won you over to the yoga side, huh? Yep, going over to the yoga side. And I, I enjoy yoga. I don't enjoy the yoga people in uh, general. So if I can do it at home with you, I'm good. That sounds mean, but there is a little backstory to that. We used to have a shop in, uh, or our workshop in a building, and there was a yoga studio there. And a lot of the people that went there were really rude. So it doesn't sound rude. Yoga people are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Sorry, yoga people. Uh, hey, welcome to episode four of Tasty Pages. Four already? Jeez. I know. All time right. flies. So uh, before we dive in, let me take care of a little housekeeping per usual. Uh, if you are listening to this, uh, please consider leaving a review and ranking on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps people find us. It helps improve our ranking. And uh, you can also go to anchor.fm slash tasty pages. That's kind of our homepage for all things podcast. And uh, there is a little button there that says support. And it's uh, kind of like a virtual tip jar. And if you like what you hear, if you want to buy our dog all of some dog food, if you want to put a few pennies in our pocket, you can click that support button and uh, give us a little tip for the for the uh, work that we're doing for you, <laughs> the entertainment that we're providing for you, <laughs> however small it may be. Um, also, uh, you heard of this Amazon.com thing? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we've got a shop on there. It's just Amazon.com slash shop slash we underscore cook underscore books. And on there, you'll find uh, a couple things. We created a list of kitchen essentials for home cooks that just has all kinds of cool, fun gadgets that we use ourselves here in our home kitchen. And um, not everything's expensive. It kind of varies in price all over the place. But if you've got someone in your life that's an avid home cook and you want to pick them up a little thoughtful uh, cool gift, you can do so. And we also have a cookbook section and we've got about 50 cookbooks. And this is like the best of the bunch that we've featured over the last year and a half um, from, uh, you know, probably over a hundred cookbooks at this point. And these are the ones that really stood out and ones that you'll be hearing featured on this podcast. And with any of those items, if you make a purchase, we get a few pennies. Best of all, it's free. Doesn't it doesn't cost, cost you, you a thing. Not at all. But it uh, allows you to get something cool and puts a few pennies in our pocket. Literal pennies. <laughs> <laughs> so now that that's out of the way. Ooh, hey, Victoria. Hi. Can I talk about the bunnies real quick? Please do. Bunny update. Bunny update. Everyone is uh, waiting with bated breath I know for they the are. bunny update. So the other day I was hanging out in the kitchen and I heard a squee. And I ran outside, and Olive, our dog, was in the yard. Um, 
And there was a little situation. A couple bunnies, little baby bunnies, ran off. I don't know where they went. They're getting ready to to fly the nest, so to speak. Mama has been hanging out, waiting. I don't know if a lot of if all of them came back or a few of them are missing. But last night we had a fire pit. And there were two little baby bunnies just hanging out in the yard. Partying with us. Oh, they they were hopping around. They were uh, in the tomato plants. They were so adorable. They seem to be big Tom Waits fans. Right? They've uh, got good taste. Yep. They were cute. So There's your bunny update for this week. Uh, What are we currently working on? We, tonight we are starting eating out. Yep. It's called Eating Out Loud by Eden... <clears throat> Sorry, Eden Grinchpan. Um, She's the host of Top Chef Canada. Yes. So, has a, has a very popular social media presence, done a lot of stuff. Yep. This is her latest venture. And I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. You know, Another we went. Another Middle Eastern book. No, the, no, this one is. It's Middle Eastern. Yes, it is. You're right. Sorry. I'm looking <laughs> as I look right at it and it's saying bold Middle Eastern flavors. I'm telling you. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no dummy. <laughs> well, no, I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> you know so I love you, you Palmer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, if we're taking one thing from this crazy year we're in the middle of is that Middle Eastern cookbooks are hot. Yes, they are. This is probably about the fifth or sixth one that we've done in the last couple months. And I think a lot of them are going to make an appearance on our year-end best of list. Absolutely. They're hitting it out of the park. Yeah. So we're really excited to dive into this one. Uh, What are we doing for dinner tonight? We are doing very green shakshuka. I always mispronounce that. Am I saying that right? Shakshuka. Shakshuka. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong. You got it. (laughs) Um, And that's from Eating Out Loud, Eden Grinchpan. And you'll be seeing that featured in our feed as well as this podcast in the near future. All right. Let's Let's, get to the business at hand. Let's dive in. So Adina Sussman, if you do not know her work, she has co-authored about 11 cookbooks, including those by Chrissy Teigen which are wildly popular. We have yet to dive into those, but plan to do so in the future. I think Chrissy Teigen is working on a new book, too, right now. Cool stuff. The Twitters tells me this. Nice. Twitters don't lie. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so she's she's done a lot of stuff. She currently resides in uh, Tel Tel Aviv, Israel. I've heard, uh, I shouldn't say I've heard, I've read about these epic dinner parties she has at her apartment and i'm just waiting for our invite i just it's coming well you know i would like to spend time with a group of people and not be freaked out yes so but i don't see that happening anytime soon so this uh sababa this is a this is a great way to bring uh those flavors into your kitchen uh this one was quite popular last year. It was blowing up the social medias. We kept seeing it in various feeds. Yeah, we uh we put it on we put it on our list for the library and there was a huge waiting list yeah. and which is 
mostly the reason uh, that caused the delay in getting to this. So for those of you that don't know, we do receive a lot of books from publishers to review and cook from and, and pick and choose from. So thank you to all of them that have been generous enough to send us books. But then we also utilize our local public library here in Chicago as much as possible for some of these books. It's a great way to test drive books because there's n- there's no bigger bummer when you drop money on a book and it's terrible. Tahini and turmeric. <laughs> Sorry, if you just uh, followed us on Instagram, you probably saw the book we just finished featuring last week, which was not so good. And that was one we did uh, receive from the library, so thankfully we did not pay money for it. It's rare when we don't enjoy a cookbook that we're cooking from. That was one of them. But (laughs) I digress. Hey, Sussman. You got a great book here with Sababa. Oh. <laughs> Nothing to worry about there. Yeah, we, we are, enjoyed it. We're we're thoroughly in love with this book. Yep. All right, so let's get started. Johnny, you talk about this because this one was all you. Oh, these bagels. So I saw this bagel recipe in here, and it's something I've always been kind of interested in making from scratch, but never attempted. And I figured, what better uh, opportunity than this one? Um, The first thing you should know is that there's probably like three bird feeders worth of nuts and seeds in these things. (laughs) They're everything bagels. Man. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff piled in there. You need a plate or a napkin when you're eating these because you're going to leave like a trail of seeds. You'll have birds walking Walking behind you. (laughs) Don't don't eat it in the the park with the pigeons. Pied Piper of (laughs) the local bird community. Ooh, you'll be like the... uh, the homeless lady in Home Alone 2 who feeds the pigeons. I didn't see They Home all Alone flock too. to her. How could you not see it? Because Home Alone was so great. I didn't feel the need to <laughs> see the second one, I guess. I would Did say, it have Macaulay Culkin or was it like one of those things where they just... No, the, thir- the third... Someone totally different. The third one was the... Like some kid from Saved by the Bell yeah. or something and they just act like nothing happened. Yeah. Like, oh, business as usual. <laughs> no, the second Kevin's one... still lost. <laughs> How, how do you leave your kid home alone twice? Oh my gosh, we're totally digressing. Yes, okay, bagels. So yeah, back to the bagels. So these had this seed mixture. Now these uh, were described in the book as a Jerusalem version of a bagel. So they're a little bit kind of sweet and spongy and not... I mean, anyone who fancies bagels knows that there can be a ridiculously wide range... <laughs> still learning English uh, of quality, so you can have something that's just gross and tough and chewy, and then you've got these ones that are like sweet and spongy, which are a delight to eat. Those are the ones that I like. I don't like yeah. the really dense. Oh, these were great, and they had uh, some dried lemon peel in them, some zatar, uh, and unlike the traditional method of boiling them, these are baked. So I felt like they were just a little easier to mm-hmm. make. I mean, if I can make them, anyone can make them because I am definitely not a baker and I had no trouble whipping these up. I just had one this morning. I know. Oh, you guys should have seen this bagel he ate. He put, uh, he put liverwurst, hummus, and goat cheese yeah. on it. It worked for me. Big I was, old I mess. was cleaning out the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so now these recipe in the book yields six bagels and they're like the size of a car tire 
I'm just going to forewarn you. So if you like your bagels a little bit more normal in size, you can portion it out into maybe like eight bagels or 10 bagels. But if you stick with the recipe, you're going to have six ginormous bagels, which is not a bad thing. And then you have the cute little bagel holes that make a good snack. So, I don't know. Can I say anything more about these? They were delicious. They were delicious. All right. All right. Let's move on. (sighs) This one I have dreams about. You do? I do. Zatar chili feta bread. Um, Is it possible to marry a bread? Oh, my gosh. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. Yeah, you tell that friend. Yep. (laughs) I don't think it's possible. So now, the good thing is this recipe yields two loaves of this bread. And uh, you'll need them because you'll probably eat one... While uh, you know, it comes out of the oven. Oh, we destroyed the, the we destroyed like half a loaf while oh. it was like sitting cooling. Yeah, it's one of those things that you'll just be constantly picking at on the counter. The the dough is a honey and olive oil challah, um, which I adore. Like I love challah bread so much, um, and it's got um, feta cheese, and we used we used French feta, um, mm-hmm. which. I like a little bit more than the Greek feta. I agree. I think it's creamier and a little bit less salty. Yes. Um, less briny. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's a more mellow flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there was the tar. And I think, you know, I mean, this is one that you could riff on, like use different cheeses, different... Oh, I'm already planning my new flavor combinations for this. Uh, we were talking about like Gruyere and dill mm-hmm. would be awesome. Um, there was some jalapeno in there, which we had in our garden. So you finely mince that up. So you get a little bit of heat yep. from that. Um, we can't tell you how good this was. And it was beautiful too. Like, oh, it was just, gorgeous. You know, it comes out. It's got the, you, the preparation when you do it, it, you do these slashes in the loaf of bread and then you kind of like pull them in opposite directions. So, you know, when it comes out of the oven, you've got this, you know, the top portion is just like a, a sight to behold. Oh, so beautiful. And like I said, easy to do. Even a dummy like me can do it. So. <laughs> you are selling yourself. Short. All right. Let's 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 move on to this lemony cauliflower over labne. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Okay. See, um, that's, that's my pronunciation that I'm struggling with today. <laughs> um, well... We cook with a lot of cauliflower. We love roasting cauliflower. Any, any, any way that we can find to cook cauliflower. I mean, if you're vegan or, or you do keto, you probably cook with a lot of cauliflower as well. And um, I think it's a fantastic substitute for meat. Um, it's got that kind of texture, especially when you roast it. Um, what else can we say about this? Um, jalapeno makes another appearance yeah it's it's a really nice bright dish there's the lemon just brightens it up and then you have the kind of tartness from from the yogurt mm-hmm. which we yeah we should say we use greek yogurt instead of the the lebna just because like we always have that on hand and it's it's similar enough that um it's just one less thing to get at the store so don't be afraid to substitute in those cases um yeah had had some toasted pine nuts and some dried currants on it so it just had this great combination of kind of sweet and savory going on and And the yogurt was like a nice sauce for it Mm -hmm. so a a great side 
for something that you're making for dinner, I would imagine you could, you know, if you made enough of it, we, we had plenty of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you could serve it as a main and you'd be good to go. So, oh, next up. <laughs> Israeli street corn. Let's talk corn. All right. So, and I know further back we did a different version of corn. I believe it was from the Gorilla Taco book, I think. Yeah, you might be right. Um, but I, I mean, same thing, different dance number, just different, uh, different spices and whatnot. Um, so we grilled our corn, and the corn is just starting to come into season. Yes, and so it's beautiful and sweet. And this had um, this had some zatar, crumbled feta, cilantro, and then you brush it with a little Greek yogurt, and then there was. Just a hint. I, I love that everything has a little hint of heat in it, too. Yes. Um, Jalapeno is used uh, frequently throughout these recipes. Yes. And which is nice because then you can kind of like add or subtract your desired level depending on, you know, what your comfort level is with, with heat and spice. Um, there in the in the very beginning of the book there are there's a whole chapter devoted to kind of pantry staples and you know, things that are going to be used throughout the book. And there is a za'atar recipe. It's a Middle Eastern spice. And um, we happen to have a relationship with a spice vendor, uh, Spice and Leaf, shout out to them, that uh, they send us a za'atar blend that we really enjoy. So we could kind of cut that step out of the recipe and just use what we had already. But, um, you know, if you don't have access to something like that, you can make your own and mm-hmm. then keep it in your pantry. And I mean, Zatar is phenomenal. You can put it on just about anything and it keeps forever. So there you go. But I mean, this was a great twist on grilled corn mm-hmm. that everyone enjoys, but you you add these flavors and not only is it a beautiful dish. So if you're serving a, a crowd of people and you bring out this platter of grilled corn that has, you know, za'atar and feta and cilantro and a little bit of yogurt on it, smeared on it. I mean, it's a showstopper. It is. So that was a good one. Yes. All right. All right. Marek Katom. Basically, orange soup is pretty much any kind of orange vegetable. Yeah, I was going to say orange uh, color. Yes, not, not actual oranges. Yes. So we used sweet potato, we used squash, we used orange bell pepper, carrots. Was there anything else? Did you mention, the, you mentioned the squash already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was all orange vegetables. I had them all prepped and laid out on a sheet tray and it was just this big sea of like gorgeous orange Oh, I said orange beet. It's a yellow beet. What am I talking? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And this was topped with harissa and honey. Harissa mixed with honey. And? And the seed flavor bomb. He's he's obsessed with with this seed concoction. Oh my God, this was like the star of the show for me because that's where like a bulk of the flavor came from. It was just like this beautiful punch. Um. Yeah, the soup was really nice and understated and creamy and just vibrant and beautiful. But then you add these uh, seeds and it was... um, I was going to ask if you remembered what was in there because I think... Did you make that? It was sunflower seeds. I want to say papitas. um, Oh, geez, Louise. 
Here we go. And some crunchy, sesame seeds. Crunchy nut topping. I'll I'll check the the book so we don't uh, so we don't get it wrong. Look at us. We're so ill prepared. I know. Pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, sesame seeds, and then uh, I guess that was it. But but then you know you you heat those up in olive oil, um, which really kind of like you know until those seeds start to kind of crack and pop, and so you you kind of awaken the flavors and everything kind of uh, melds together. And oh man. And then when you drizzle that over, you're adding from the oil, you're adding a little bit of fat in there, which mm-hmm. gives it a good mouthfeel. And everyone knows that fat makes everything taste better. Exactly. So. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's another thing that you, you know, you might have to make a few of these components for a particular dish in the book, but you know, this could easily go on some like yogurt or something, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, if you have extra not to worry because yeah, it'll uh, get used. Yeah, and it's 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 necessary and worth the effort. Um, that was that was a beautiful soup. I wish we could uh, share it, you know, virtually. Um, I know. Online, you know, so you guys could smell and taste it. Because man, woo! You'll just all have right. to wait for the pictures on Instagram. Yep. Um, all right, uh, sumac grilled chicken. Who doesn't like grilled chicken? Yes, and it had and it had a citrus and avocado salad um so sumac should we talk sumac go right ahead it's one of my favorite spices and i feel like you know outside of middle eastern cuisine it's not it's kind of underutilized and man a little bit uh what's the word i'm looking for tart perhaps kind of and I mean, just, and not to mention the color. Yeah. So you rub this on some chicken and you get this like beautiful, deep, you know, ruby red color. Ah, (laughs) nothing beats a simple grilled chicken dish. Yeah. Um, What to say about this? It. We chose chicken thighs over cutlets, which I think is what was recommended in the book. But we're, we're a huge fan of chicken thighs. So if we're making a dish, even if it calls for breasts or something like that we're generally going to pick up some chicken thighs we just prefer the flavor and think that it has a, a better flavor than, than well, the breasts. and chicken breasts tend to get dried out i mean they just seem so there's nothing more gross than looking at um at a boneless skinless chicken breast there oh you haven't seen it there's this uh I saw there was this cake that looked like a chicken breast and someone cuts into it. Yes. Oh. It's disgusting. That doesn't sound good. It's it's a real mind twist. Did it look like a cooked chicken breast or like No, a it was a raw chicken? one. It looked oh, like a yeah. raw one. Why it was all like that? it was Why all Why would you do that to a cake? <laughs> that, should, that should be illegal. There was this whole thing on Twitter I that it was like everything looks like cake. There was a hand that looked like a cake and someone oh. cut into it and there's cake. And then the gross, slimy chicken Sorry, breast. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sumac grilled chicken. Yes. Do it. Um, oh, let's talk about this. Uh, you can tell we like this book because what is this? Like seven recipes that yeah. we did? Eight we, recipes? We usually so do like, about five. Yeah. Like we, we pick enough to do for the week. And then, you know, if we can take a day or two off to just stuff our faces with takeout, we do that. But... Um, this book was great and narrowing it down to even these seven was, was a challenge. 
Um, let's talk cocktails. Okay, so this uh, the cocktail that we made was a spiced Cillan um, bourbon cocktail, and Cillan is a date syrup. Um, not too sweet. It's really it's. I would actually rather use it than like honey. Yeah. Or cor- honey has a weird taste to me. And we um, were fortunate that we found you found the date syrup, right? Oh yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty readily available in any like Middle Eastern section of the soup. You know, well, hopefully your supermarket has a Middle Eastern section, but yeah. it's usually there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what? Um, so it wasn't just plain psyllin. What you do is you infuse it with um, cinnamon, peppercorn, cloves, cardamom, and dried chili. Um, the one little drawback that I had that I have about this, can you believe I'm saying something like critical? I know, right? <laughs> um, I felt like the psyllin syrup didn't. M- didn't mix well once it got cold because it, it's it thickens up yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah so just the consistency gets yeah very very like thick syrup like so you end up leaving some behind in the cocktail strainer um or in the cocktail shaker yeah but um and then you garnish it with some uh citrus rind i like to i like to light my citrus rind on fire um, cause I'm fancy like that. Actually it's, it's good because it releases some of the oils. You get maximum benefit. It's a, it's a classic mixologist yeah. trick. Yeah. So that was a beautiful cocktail and yeah. we enjoyed a couple usually, of them. Yeah. I was gonna say, usually if, if a cookbook has a, a section with cocktail recipes, we'll try and make one, um, we're always on the lookout for a good new cocktail recipe and, and this one fit the bill and you know, what's not to love about bourbon? So if we can right. make a bourbon cocktail, we're in. And then lastly, I'm going to let you speak about this, Victoria, because you bake these. Okay. Um, chewy tahini blondies. Um, so yum. They were so good. Yes. Um, really easy to make. Uh, it was, was it a one bowl thing? It was well, no, it wasn't a one bowl thing. Um, but anyway, they're really chewy. Um, Tahini and desserts can be a challenge. So it's good that well, these yeah. ones turned out. Yeah, because uh, tahini doesn't really play well with other ingredients. So for this one, um, it you add it at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and it mixes up um and it had some sesame seeds in it and we finally made our way through them and it was nice it it was nice to bake something because i screwed up those tahini rolls from uh the sammy tamimi book which we spoke about yeah the previous episode so that was a bummer so i needed Mm -hmm. a win and and this was the win and now we're not saying that you need to enjoy this with some halo top Chocolate almond crunch ice cream, but you need to enjoy it with the halo top. <laughs> Bomber, you're banging people over the head with the halo top. Oh my god! And, and I think it was just like that particular flavor. It's not one of the more common, like popular flavors, but it was just like the perfect companion for these things. I thought. Yeah. It was. I mean, man, that was a dessert for the stratosphere. I mean, honestly, I would rather have like 
real ice cream, but ain't nothing wrong with Hello Dog. But <laughs> but I mean, I want to eat an ice cream that's I know super fattening and everything. But it's like you said, fat makes everything better. I know. So there you go. Those are the dishes we enjoyed immensely. We've come to the portion of the podcast where we rank this book in a variety of categories on a scale of one to five, with one being kind of like less, five being more. So, Victoria, take Gee, it funny away. funny how that works out, huh? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, food photography and styling. Um, five. This was a beautiful book. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that it... Uh, some of the photos were like hard light and some of them were obviously artificial light. There's tons of um, photos of the markets and mm-hmm. uh, people that she, um, people that uh, vendors from the market that she goes mm-hmm. to. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. All the food photos were gorgeous. Yep. Nicely done. I agree. And I, I was going to say the same thing. I gave it a five as well. Um, Gorgeous food photos that accompany all the recipes and then scattered throughout are all these photos from basically her neighborhood Mm -hmm. where she does her shopping and home cooking. And it really does transport you to that place and, and, you know, make you want to book your ticket to Tel Aviv and, you know. I I love the books that are like love letters to places. Yeah. And you can tell how much she loves living in Tel Aviv and Mm -hmm. in the market. And so so nicely done. We're unanimous on the five. And then uh, degree of difficulty of the recipes. This is the next category. Uh, I give it a two. It wasn't, wasn't too difficult. Um, Yeah. Nothing had me rereading and scratching my head being like, say what now? How are we supposed to do that? Um, Yeah. And it's amazing for, food that is so easy to prepare how delicious it is mm-hmm. and i i gave it a three only because you know depending on the recipe there are a few you know components that you'll probably need to prepare ahead of time or some of the ingredients just to build up that spice level just you know it, it was a it was a laundry list of spices but it, you know it's worth the effort but and don't let that intimidate you no when you open the book and you see a recipe that looks huge and yeah, it's mostly spices. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I would say any avid home cook that has a, a well-stocked pantry, you're going to find most of what you need to cook from this book. There's nothing too exotic or, you know, anything that you're going to have to drive all over or order online or anything. So don't, don't be intimidated, but I would say, you know, it's not a beginner cookbook, but it's not anything like totally next level chefy or anything. I'm going to jump in here for a second because you were talking about um, ingredients being readily available. Um, I have to say we are lucky because we live in Chicago and we have really great grocery stores here that um, serve culturally diverse people. And one grocery store we go to has a great Asian, Eastern European, Middle Eastern section. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I do realize that not not all cities are like that. Yep. Um, so there is actually um, a shopping guide in the back of the book yes. where to source some Very of thoughtful. yes, where to source some of the um, ingredients or special um, uh, instruments that you need, like fermenting weights. You know, yeah. like 
Well, that's the beauty of, you know, like you can go online and there are vendors that deal specifically with, you know, international and ethnic, mm-hmm. you know, ingredients and cuisines. And, you know, so regardless of where you live, you should be able to, you know, access this stuff if you're passionate about cooking like we are. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've got that at your disposal. Um, Sorry for the tangent. No, it's, that's what this is all about. Um, okay, so taste, G. Uh, <laughs> do we even have to say a five? Five. I mean, we just spoke passionately about everything that we made, and I don't think there was any any missteps, no. anything that we didn't enjoy. There, there was not one thing that we made where I was like, eh, it could use some doctoring, or yeah. you know, oh, everything was fantastic. I mean, to the point where this is going. This book is going in our permanent collection, and I'm sure you know we're going to revisit it at some point and just choose entirely new dishes oh, yeah. and you know revisit some of those ones that we really enjoyed. Uh, the bagel recipe in particular. I mean, that's going to be in regular rotation now. I mean, make some of those and throw them in the freezer and have those for for uh, breakfast or lunch. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> All right. And then lastly, uh, just the overall design and layout of the cookbook. Um, I gave it a five. Um, it was The recipes were really easy to follow. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I did the same. Um, really well organized. The chapters are divided into uh, topics like breakfast, vegetables, soups, salads, pastas, meats, cocktails. You know, so it's, it's, it's a very accessible cookbook, even if you are not Middle Eastern or familiar with that cuisine. Um, it's a great introduction and the recipes are solid. They taste great. Um, what more can I say? Go buy this book. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And I, I just, I really enjoyed the book and, and her passion for, for this food and for that place, um, definitely is apparent yeah. and we really enjoyed it. So there you have it. Uh, Sababa by Adina Sussman. Victoria, what else do you have to say? Not a lot. I'm getting kind of hungry. Um, actually though, just kidding. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, um, please rate and review it. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com. Um, our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is we cook books. Um, and production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thanks, Danny. Thank you, Danny. All right. All right. One last thing. I'm leaving you with a food joke. Okay, bring it on. Your last All one was really good. Right. Uh, so did you hear about this restaurant that recently opened up on the moon? It's a good place to have it. Um, no, I haven't. Well, the food and service are great, but there's really no atmosphere. <laughs> I saw that one coming a mile away, Vollmer. Hey. Nice, nice try. Got to have one for the nieces, for the little nieces. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Have a good week. Don't forget to wear your face mask, guys. Stay wear a safe. Mask. Enjoy. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.